Oh, this is going to be a nightmare, this episode. Well, you're editing this one, so <laughs> let's put it on. <laughs> Hello. Hello. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where we take a brilliant pop album and talk about it track by track. And then we package it up into a lovely 30 to 40 minute episode and put it out to you, the lovely listeners. Thank you. And on the turntable this week, we've got Life Goes On by Sash. Sash. This is very different to what we were talking about last week. Uh, This is Sash with an exclamation mark. Sash. Exactly. Or even capital letters, Sash. Yeah. Uh... Sash being a German DJ and team, actually, because you've got the frontman Sasha Lapessen, um, but then you've also got Ralph Kapmeyer uh, and Thomas Thomas Ludke. So, in our research for this episode, our thorough research, you were gobsmacked. I didn't. I always thought I knew that Sash was this guy called Sasha. I had no idea that there was a, a couple of men behind him. Can you believe they are, over the years, uh, 22 million albums? Well, I can, having said that, and as we'll come on to talk about into much more detail later, I feel like Sash, as a collective, is definitely, uh, you think about Sash and you think about the singles, don't you? The iconic, lots, a string string of uh, top 10 hit singles. But for me, this is the first time I delved into an album. Well, and six studio albums, actually. Mm. So it wasn't just about creating kind of instant, disposable um, dance songs. It's actually, there's six albums of original material in there as well, with various collaborators and guests on there. Uh, And Sash, as a team, have been going since 1995. uh, And in some way, they're still going now. Well, I was going to say, there's um, on those kind of 90s hits kind of events that happen at Wembley Arena and things like that when they've got someone from Ace of Base and someone from Two Unlimited. I often see Sash's name on the poster there. But I just, I do wonder, is Tina Cousins also there or is it just Sash just pressing play and playing the hits? It might well be that. I mean, Sash himself, Sasha, is going to be 50 this year. Wow. So he's uh, still going strong. Hmm. But you're right, that's the last time I heard about Sash was kind of at those reunion, back to the 90s sorts of it did feel like the first three albums were all huge and certainly again their singles were all huge but it seemed like in the UK at least they just sort of disappeared after that they did, I think they did three albums greatest hits as was the standard and then poof uh, but no after that there was there were still four more three more albums actually after that we might even touch on some content from those later so but we're going to be talking about life goes on today which was the second album by Sash which was from, released in August 1998. Um, and there are a number of very known hit singles. But Dan, what we're not going to get to talk about today is the first album, which uh, included Encore Une Fois, mm. Ecuador. Yep. And Stay, which we obviously alluded to in the intro there. Um, and I think the intro was inspired because we were just leaping around the room like idiots dancing to that song before we sat down properly to record. It is a banger, and you know, let's let's put out the let's do it's my life at some point. Why, and are we, also, why are we doing life goes on today then? Because as you know, I'm a stickler for an anniversary, and in a few days' time, 
La Primavera is turning 22. Can you believe 22 years ago? Oh, my age. Mm, double it. No, You're nearly I, there. I remember... <laughs> I remember when Sash was first out and all of these hit singles were a big part of my like first going out to like clubs and and like being into kind of dance music. Yeah. It that was it was a very accessible way into that kind of world. Definitely was. Yeah, because it did uh, dance enthusiasts would say that this isn't dance music, but when and I'm sure you and I were the same at this time we were probably listening to bit of Spice Girls, bit of Steps, whatever. But then this felt like, oh, I quite like dance music as well now. And it was, it kind of heralded the onslaught around the mid-90s for a good period of time then where Europop and Eurodance was really huge. And you had the likes of Sash, but you also had like uh, Snap. ATB. ATB. Darude. Darude. Uh, what? Dario G. Yes. But yeah, likewise, it feels, I mean, for you it was going out for me it's probably school discos around this time actually <laughs> so uh, it's a, a bulging album to get through today um and further listening as ever we're always chasing that elusive happy ending for all of our listeners never quite get it so should we get stuck in yes please so side one track one this is la primavera Dan, I've just had this vision in my head. Um, is it safe for work? Absolutely. Cool. It's Alison Goldfrapp mm-hmm. looking at us uh, dancing around to that song, shaking her head in disgust and walking off into because the sunset. We weren't doing the same when we were talking about Felt Mountain last week. Uh, we're definitely in a different space this week. Um, but uh, the, this, that was a great way to kick, kick off this week's episode. Definitely. And this, of course, was the first single, wasn't it, from the Life Goes On album. So the first taste of something new from Sash. And can you believe a song like this got to number three in the UK singles chart and sold 200,000 copies? Well done. Just in the UK. When you look at its performance across Europe and wider, incredible. This was a heyday for this sort of music. Absolutely, yeah. And also well done to Patrizia Salvatore. Uh, who sadly does go uncredited, but does provide the vocals there to La Primavera, which translates to spring. Ah, and this was released in April as well. In fact, it was released a week before my 18th birthday. Oh, lovely. So that thing I just said about going to nightclubs when Sash first came out. That wasn't true, obviously. No, no, no. Absolutely not. No, no. No, it was illegal. But there there used to be something back where I came from in the church hall called the Adidance, and it was the nightclub night for um, under-18s. So people used to go there, and it was all about the poppers. Oh, really? Yeah, you know the Adidas Presta trousers. <laughs> we used That's to... what we used to call it. Didn't you used to call them that? No. Oh, right. <laughs> used to go, have you got your poppers? Yeah. Uh, uh, there used to be, on a Wednesday night, there used to be a under-18s night at our local only nightclub. Uh, sorry, was it called? It was, it was a nightclub called Only? No, it was called Rafters. Oh, right. <laughs> I'd love the piano in this. 
the piano I love, and also when that brass comes in in the middle and just lifts it up, and once again, I'm doing your hand gesture there, not that one, um, it really does, it feels like, there's something about when that brass comes in, and God knows how my mind is connected to these two things, but it reminds me of that really uplifting moment in Love Actually, when Hugh, not Hugh Grant, um, the other one, the other posh English one from Bridget Jones, Colin Firth. Colin Firth goes to get the girl and then speaks to her in her language. And there's some lovely brass in that. And my mind's melded the two together. This, and if you want to rediscover this specific song, if you just go on to Apple Music, there are 15 remixes um, just for this song. So, should we go to track two? Track two now. And this is Mysterious Time. I don't know about you, Will, but for me, that is one of the best songs of the 90s. That is, the for me, the definitive Sash song. Yeah. Uh, Tina Cousins with Sash there. And if I'm not wrong, this was her first ever single. Is that right? Or did she do something on her own before this? So Tina, uh, she's... First name terms. Yes. She had uh, a couple of singles first in her own right. Uh, so before this, uh, she released Killing Time and Angel. Um, and just after this, she released Prey, which was probably one of her first big solo hits. Um, and then she re-released Killing Time after that, uh, after having had a new uh, invigoration. And Angel was re-released as well, I think, as well. Uh, Angel was re-released a bit further down the line as well. She also collaborated with Steps, Cleopatra, Bewitched and Billy Piper for Thank Abba for the Music. Dan, one for you there. Yeah, that is obviously... Every year the Brits comes around, I am reminded of that. And it just doesn't feel like, don't get me wrong, I really, really enjoyed the Brits this year, more than I thought it would. I actually was quite surprised that I thought Dave and Stormzy gave incredible performances, but they just don't seem to recognise the big pop artists like they did when, when, uh, when they did Thank Abba for the Music. Uh, should we listen to a little bit of Tina? Turner? Uh, no, Cousins still. Yeah, sorry, yes. Yeah. That's... that's... Also, before we start talking about Mysterious Times again, I must mention um, Tina Cousins released an album um, of original songs in 2005 called Mastermind, which was really good. Really? And I just want to drop in another song um, called Come To Me.
2005 from the album Mastermind. Um, she did go on to record more, but I think beyond that is when things started to wane a little. It's a shame because whenever you think of the Thank Abba for the music thing, obviously Steps still do incredibly bewitched, did really well at the time and still kind of are on the um, sort of uh, mighty hoopla circuit. Cleopatra did quite well. Billy Piper is still a household name. But Tina Cousins just didn't seem to quite make it as much as, well, as probably as much as we hoped that she would because some of those solo songs were great. My favourite was Forever, uh, which I remember appeared on Now 43 or something like that. Oh, good knowledge. Mm, it, I could be wrong there, but it's round then, yeah. Um, this wasn't her only collaboration with Sash either. No. Uh, just Around the Hill from the next album was a ballad from Sash. But most people prefer the dance version. Are you most people? Well, yeah. <laughs> what did you prefer? Uh, I'm going to be controversial and say I think I preferred the ballad version. I listened to it actually because obviously we were listening to this album this week in preparation for this episode. But I did go back to Trillennium because that was the only Sash album that I had that I owned. Uh, so I had that on CD. Uh, as we'll probably come to mention later in the episode. But um, I, did, I did like the, the ballad version. I thought Tina Cousins actually did a really, really great vocal on that. And I think because it is with Sash, maybe we could have a little bit of just around the hill Wait, as well. Wait, three, if we're lucky. Is it three one? diverse record. Yeah. Uh, but I think we need to talk about Tina. Yeah. Um, and I don't think we're ever going to talk about her solo in an episode. Well, you never know. That's my attitude. But Dan, we need to talk about Tina. Oh. Anyway, here's a bit of just around the hill. Listeners, I tossed a coin to decide which one we were going to drop into the mix there in the edit, so you will know which one we played. Obviously, Dan's hoping for the ballad version. I prefer the dance version. We'll see who came out on top. So right now, I am looking quite concerned, but that is my usual face. Resting concerned face. Mm, Similar. So back to Mysterious Times, which was very much of its time. And this got to number two in the chart. So it did even better than the lead single. But do you know what held it off the top spot? No, but I'm, by the look in your eye, you do. Yes, I've got a glint. Would you like to hesitate a guess? Obviously, we're in August 1998. If I said it was a boy band? Westlife. Close. <coughs> Five. Further away. Boy Zone. Yes. Uh, with No Matter What. No matter what. Da, da, da. <laughs> and if we're lucky we won't, we won't play it no absolutely not um so interestingly the week before that viva forever was number one and then boyzone knocked the girls off the top uh spot and sash went in at number two what a time for music that was and of course th- these are all from 1998 but a few weeks ago we went to the 1999 one more time club night it was so much fun to hear all of those songs from that year. And didn't you say that you would like them to do it for 1998 as well? Uh, 19, well, I'd love to hear 1998 and 1997 as well, actually. And 96 as well, to be honest. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the 90s nights. 
Um, and that was uh, a night put on by, uh, if you follow Pop Music Activism on Twitter, uh, they do some great work uh, bringing uh, Forgotten Gems back onto streaming services alongside this club night. And they're doing another one uh, called One More Time Club uh, in Manchester. So if you are keen on that, um, follow at One More Time Club on Twitter. And before we move on, because we've been talking about Mysterious Times for quite a long amount of time now. A few other things I love about this song. One, the introduction, those first just few little percussive noises. I think it, this song is like A Hard Day's Night by the Beatles or Billie Jean by Michael Jackson in that you just know this song from those first, even from that pretty first second, you know, this song. Um, but also there's no vocal until almost a minute into the song. So there's that really dramatic build up. They certainly set their stall out for this song. And among the 10 remixes available currently on streaming services for this track, very of its time remixes from Todd Terry and Tintin Out. Oh, lovely guys. Track number three now. So let's move on. Um, this was also single three. So Dan, you like this? I love this. And I think next one is going to be number single four, but let's not give the game away. So track three, this is Move Mania. So that was Move Mania. Dan, what on earth is that song about? I don't know. When I, I think I seem to remember when I first read the title of that song, I thought it was called Movie Mania. But it sounds like a wonderful name for a podcast if we ever want to talk about films. Why would anybody want to do a podcast like that? Surely it's an oversaturated marketplace. Move Mania got to number eight in the single charts, so not as big a success as the first two songs. And on vocal duties there is Shannon. So Shannon is an American singer. And legendary singer. She's legendary, actually. And I think a lot of people that Sash worked with, more often than not, although not always, they were quite new. And, and working with Sash was a step up. But Shannon had a huge hit back in 83 with Let the Music Play. Which and was... Dan, we have to listen to a clip. Well, you're probably right. Let's have a listen. We started That is a disco classic. It really is. But I, I love what she adds to this song, to Move Mania, because it doesn't sound like, you know, sometimes there's a dance song with a legend on it and you kind of, you just associate it with the legend. It doesn't sound like, maybe it doesn't quite sound perfect because it sounds like two worlds colliding, whereas this works together seamlessly. Um, just one quick thing on Shannon before I forget. Um, 
in America, she appeared on the program Hit Me Baby One More Time, where they had acts from the past uh, sing one of their songs, one of their classic songs, and then a cover song. Do you remember where they did that in the UK as yes. well? Vernon Kay hosting it. And you had, uh, I think, Shaken Stevens won it. But you also had like Tapao and Honeys and all sorts of people like that. I really enjoyed that. It's one of those shows. I think they only did one series. I loved it. And it's, I think we've mentioned it before as well. Oh, have we? Many moons ago. So many episodes now, but mm. I can't keep up. Do check them all out on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get yours. <laughs> and uh, Dan, I've just remembered um, buying Sash singles. They all, um, across the world, they had different covers, but they all used to look the same in the UK because it was a like, just a block colour on the front with a grey square at the top yeah. with Sash and then whatever the song was. And that was the kind of Multiply Records, which was the label that they were on in the UK. That was their kind of house style for releasing singles. So I've got quite a few singles You've still got released them. under the same record company that have the same style as well. Mm. And the, um, who was it? Positiva used to do the same thing. Yes, they did, yeah. Yeah, I, I used to get the singles as well for Sash. Um, yeah, as I said before, Trillennium was the only album I got. Uh, oh, and before we do go, we just want to point out that this got to number eight in the UK when it was released in October. So a lovely winter single. It's been on now 40, now 39, I don't know, now something. I'm sure it was full of hits. What, are you going for a job at the UK official charts company or something? Well, I've heard of Rob Cops is on his way out, so <laughs> fingers crossed. So before we move on, the next track we're going to talk about, track number four, is single number four. But there was a Sash single in between these which was a collaboration with another classic disco band do you remember the one no just keep going so he um had a collaboration with boney m on the song mar baker and if we're lucky maybe we can say a little bit about that please. Again, thank God for this podcast because I didn't even know that was a thing until we were researching it. What do you think? I think I'd just like to draw a veil over that. Really? I didn't like that at all. Really? No. Are you a Boney M fan? Not so much. So I, things like Daddy Call and things like that, I think are fantastic. The strings, the disco strings. And that's what I love in this one, the combination of Sasha's donk and Boney M's strings. But let's draw a veil. So we're on to track four now, single four. This is Colour the World. Of the world, uh, Dr. Alban, yes, famous, of course, primarily for the track It's My Life. It's my life. 
So that was a bit of what what made Dr. Alban who he is today. And that song was number one in Sweden, Austria, Germany, um, Netherlands, and number two hit in the UK. And he must have made millions from the sales of Tampax. Mm. And that's lovely. But this song... I love this one. I love the sort of lasery synths, I'd call them. Very shiny and... Um, it's just very upbeat, isn't it? And lyrically... Lyrically... A wonderful message of um, race and uh, equality and acceptance with the lyrics, colour the world for we are the same. The colour of the skin doesn't speak for you. Make this world a much better place. Together we can colour the world. And we could definitely do with a couple of dollops of that now. Absolutely, actually. yeah. So the campaign to re-release this as a single starts now. With us. Yeah. Dr. Alburn, we're going to tag you. Sash, we're going to tag all three of you, apparently. Um, it did also make me think of the lyrics, of course, Colours of the World, Spice Up Your Life. Uh, this got to number 15 in the singles chart. But it was single number four. Uh, and also, we were talking about the kind of other artists that were around at the time. Both Dario G and ATB remixed this song. Fantastic. Uh, again, lots of other remixes available uh, for this song on streaming services. Very generous dollops. Lots of dollops. I'm not really a big fan of dollops, to be honest, in general. A dollop of... You know. A dollop of jam on some rice pudding? Yes. A dollop actually. of custard on your spotted dick? Custard. 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 No, come on. Custard. 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 Track five is The Trip. So that was the trip. That's my favourite non-single track. I will let you know which one mine is later, but I do like this one because it does feel like it could have been a well-charting single release, I think. Yeah, it's quite catchy and it does sound different. I think a lot of criticism that used to be levelled at the likes of Sash, another, another act of a similar ilk, were that it was all very much of a muchness and a lot of the songs sounded the same. But really, no. I thought ilk was my word. Sorry. Hmm. Can you... Do you just want to say it? Uh, yeah, that ilk, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Trip, of course, we kind of went off and to talk about The Trip series with Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon. And two men who kind of get on who like to antagonize each other who spend a lot of their time doing impressions and trying to make each other laugh does it sound familiar mm, it doesn't ring a bell to be honest <laughs> um, but very enjoyable series just finished enjoying uh the trip to greece the new series that started and as with these standards i am quite way behind i think i've just watched the trip to what was the second one Spain. so you don't watch tv you don't enjoy music what do you do with yourself jigsaws mainly ah hmm Simpler times. And just looking out the window. Actually, no, that's you, isn't it? You're more of a... Nosy Parker. Curtain twitcher. Neighbourhood watch. Mm, unofficial, what? unelected, unwanted neighbourhood watch. That could just go on your gravestone, couldn't it? <laughs> unofficial, unelected, unwanted. Oh! Track number six now. This is 
non-existent nothing. In the beginning, there was the non-existent nothing. non-existent nothing when i first heard that song i thought he said in the beginning there was a non-existent nazi and i thought quite i didn't think expect sash to get so sort of political or sort of into the conspiracy theories but it turns out it was just me being wrong and your mind going once again to the darker place so dan i realized whilst listening to it that you can um sing sound of the underground by girls aloud over the top of it yeah which is something that i didn't expect to hear on a Sash album, and certainly not on this song, because I have to say, I think this might be my least favourite of the tracks on here. Because it does, it's a very different sound, isn't it? It almost feels like uh, a little bit trip hoppy, maybe a little bit dubsteppy, maybe. It's just not quite the radio friendly dance bangers that we're used to with Sash. It's definitely an album track. Definitely an album track. Um, and what what of Nonix? So Nonix has worked with Sash before on the song Hoopstar. From It's My Life. Oh, I love that song. Don't be a hoop star. Do, 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 do. That one. If we're lucky, we won't get to hear the original song because your version was too good. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard it, to be honest. Because, as I say, I only, I only had the Trillennium album. This one I've only listened to because we want to talk about it. So I still need to go back and listen to It's My Life. So before we do move on, there's a few more collaborators on this track than on the other ones. The, the rest of them tend to be just written by the Sash Collective Dr. Alburn did help with the lyrics on Call of the World, but this one features a few extra hands, and one of them is Volker Bertelmann, who's a German pianist and composer. So He's a German what? Pianist. Um, so I, I like that idea that this one, despite the fact that I felt it was more, I guess the fact that it was more trip-hoppy or dubstep to me felt it was a little bit more sparse or minimal, actually has a bit more into it. Okay, track seven now, Dan. I really fancy a packet of intercontinental invaders. I'm absolutely exhausted after that. Have you got my inhaler? Uh, You couldn't see us, obviously, because this is a podcast, but we were dancing around the room like a train. Yes, and then we had that bit where we were in in a line with our arms around each other and kicking to the side and getting faster as the song got faster. I think we have to say for this one, what a fun song. What a fun song. Intercontinental Invaders. Who knows what the point of that is, but it's a lovely mid album pounder for me it almost feels it just well it does feel novelty it feels like something you'd hear in a german beer keller but also sounds like something you'd hear at a school disco or something like that uh maybe a school disco in the 90s the kids today are probably a little bit cooler i don't know um but it's so fun and it's just so 
euphoric and it's just I do actually quite want to be drunk and in a line kicking my feet to this one track number eight now and this is uh, it's my life part two It's My Life Part 2, um, which was a, a sequel from It's My Life uh, from the first album. The title track to the first album, yes. which I've never heard. And It's My Life was a single from the first album, wasn't it? Correct. Yes. With vocals from Sasha from The Collective. So I would assume that that's Sasha again. Giving it the is. Vocals it's there. definitely the same. It's yeah. definitely the same. And Dan, can you think of any other songs that have Part 2 in the title? There's one that springs to mind, first of all, which is... Um, Empire State of Mind uh, by Alicia Keys because I think the first version was with Jay-Z and then she had the sort of stripped back version that's the only one that springs to mind uh, Independent Women Part 2 oh, of course yeah that was the big version wasn't it Part 1 was the kind of slower R&B jam and on a more local level one of our favourites Bright Light Bright Lights Love Part 2 oh, of course yeah we'd love to talk about him soon yes and we will and do hold your breath actually so that's It's My Life Part 2. And I quite like how then it leads on to the next track. Which is the title track. Is this the furthest down on the track listing we've had a title track? Can I get back to you on that? Uh, this is track nine and it's Life Goes On. Life Goes On. So that was Life Goes On, and I think it's probably peak uh, banging period now in the album. A lovely time of night. <laughs> Midnight to 2am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this does really feel like, you can imagine this one, even more so than some of the chart hits, this could be um, sort of played in the pubs and clubs of Ibiza. Mm. Or the north of England. Or the north of England. Both <laughs> quite similar in some ways. Um, this one actually reminds me of the French producer, percussionist, Cerrone, and some of his more recent work. Uh, he had an album out quite recently called DNA. And I think this would kind of fall in line. I think it's the, it's the laser-like synths and some of the, how dramatic some of the stops and starts are in the track. And I'm sure that uh, the Sash Boys would reference him as uh, influence Absolute. and inspiration. Because yeah. he's legend. He is, yes. But great to talk about him as well. God. Are we ever going to get round to all of the people we mentioned that we want to talk about? Probably not. Let's move on to track number 10 now. You've gone quite sombre. Is everything okay? <laughs> this is Little River.
Little River, not at all as relaxing or subdued as I was implying <laughs> when I introduced it. No, certainly not. Um, and quite a memorable little riff in there, isn't there? Yes. What is it, Dan? It's very familiar. So, yes, a friend of the podcast, an old favourite, that is Bach. Oh. Or would you say Bach? No. Bach. 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 With uh, Toccata and Fugue in D minor, which we've referenced a few times on the podcast, actually. Um, <laughs> but I do love it. When uh, a pop slash dance act um, samples classical music, and off the top of my head, I'm thinking Pet Shop Boys with uh, Tchaikovsky in All Around the World, and also Madonna with Tchaikovsky in Dark Ballet from the most recent album. That one was absolutely bonkers, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, and also, do you remember William Orbit's Barbara's Adagio for Strings? I was just thinking about that one. That, I think that was a whole album of uh, covers, wasn't it, in a dance style? Or not covers, samples in a dance style. Um, but I think it's great to give classical music a new lease of life. And because once classical music was the pop music of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's very uh, philo- philosophical. That's probably the most philosophical and potentially the most intelligent thing I've ever said on this podcast mm. or ever in my life. Maybe. Uh, but also, there's some very sash sounds in there. So if you didn't know the reference to the classical music piece, it does sound very much like a lot of the stuff he's already done. Mm. This one I could kind of imagine. I could, Im- if it wasn't Sash, who was known for releasing the singles with the vocals with the guests, you could imagine another dance artist at the time releasing this as a single, and it was kind of make its way onto the onto disc two, about two thirds of the way down of the now album of that time. And still be quite big in the pubs and clubs. It's very, that's a very specific reference. That's where you'd find those, isn't it? Mm. So track 11 now, and this is Bocaraton. A great time to talk about the fantastic album artwork. Right at the end of the album. Um, I mean, that's fine, isn't it? But there's just nothing really... It doesn't really go anywhere. No, it doesn't. I think this is the right time to do it, definitely. So you have got Sasha uh, sat uh, sat in a chair on a desert road. Looks like it could be anywhere. The sun is blazing down on him. It's like a a fisheye lens as well on the... the, uh, on the camera there. Mm. Font watch. Uh, it looks quite... Looks like you could knock it up on uh, Microsoft <laughs> Paint quite easily. It's, and it's the long-standing sash logo, isn't it? Of course, with that exclamation mark. There isn't an exclamation mark on it. So... Uh, well, there might or might not be an exclamation mark on there, depending on how you look at it. It's like a magic eye picture. To be honest, I've only just realised, I've just uh, looked in the mirror and just realised I haven't got my glasses on, so... You're probably right on this one. I can't see a bloody thing. That's why you just tripped over that um, glass vase that, I've, that I put out there. <laughs> it was quite an ugly piece. You that... never liked it. You, were, uh, yeah. Was it an accident or what? Was it a family heirloom? Yeah, it was priceless. Boca Raton or Boca Raton. I'm not quite sure. Uh, in it's actually two words um, and translates to mouth mouse, and is a place in Spain. Oh, really? Hmm. But here it's stylized as one word. And that's about all I've got to say on that song. (laughs) 
So interesting now for the last track. Yes, and actually I was umming and ahhing whether this was a bonus track, but there's nowhere to give... It doesn't indicate that it is, so no. we're, we're counting it as canon and that it's part of the album. And thank God then it's not going to peter out. Well, it's definitely not petering out because it's track 12. The last track on the album is Oliver Mom's Sash Hit Mix. I wonder what it's going to sound like. So that was the hit mix, basically the three big singles from the first album yes. mixed together. Encompois, Atlante. Ecuador. Sorry, how rude of me. And Stay. So we did get to hear a little bit of Stay properly, Thank which is nice. Thank God. But uh, it'd be, it's going to be difficult on what 30 seconds we put in. Yeah. Because it's only going to be one of those three. Yeah, and this is a little bit of a, uh, a bit where it melds together something. Well, we shouldn't really talk about this during the podcast, should we? We should talk about this. <laughs> this is more editorial discussions. Yeah, this is on the um, uh, director's cut, perhaps. Track by track, behind the microphone. Mm, not much going on. <laughs> so a that great was, way to end the album. Yes, not, not much more to say there. Um, but we've got some further listening now, and we are going to talk a bit more about some more Sash stuff. Yes, and we decided that... Obviously, the Sash singles, or certainly the ones from the first three albums, were quite well known. So we didn't really want to use those. It felt a bit like cheating. So we thought we'd go for album tracks, other album tracks from Sash, and highlight those. Uh, Will, would you like to go first? Yes. So I've gone for... uh, This is from the fifth album, which was from 2012. Uh, And this is the second track on the fifth album, and it's called What Is Life? So that was What Is Life, and that features Sarah Brightman. Is that the Sarah Brightman? Yeah, and I have checked this, and it is, and it does all match up. So it's Sarah Brightman, um, singer herself, West End uh, darling, former wife of Andrew Lloyd Webber. Uh, and she famously fell in love with a starship trooper. Oh, she was also a member of Hot Gossip from Top of the Pops back in the day. Ah, oh, yes. Um, it just... Getting the dads all hot and bothered. Yeah, like Legs and Co., um, I thought you said Legs Akimbo then. <laughs> the theatre company. From uh, League of Gentlemen. The, it just doesn't sound like her voice at all, does it? When I, I saw it was going to be her singing on it, and then I just assumed it was a different Sarah Brightman because you think of her and you think of Time to Say Goodbye and things like that. Um, but yeah, what a upfront song. What a in-your-face, balls-out banger. And I like the fact that you know, even though it's from 2012, it still sounds very much like that 90s Eurodance pop. Definitely. That they were producing before. And as mentioned before, the the latter albums didn't really do very well in the UK, did they? The singles, all the albums. I think Sasha's career in the UK as a original recording artist um, had all but petered out by this point. And this album was not actually really released in the UK. And it is strange because before that, as we mentioned before, 
the first three albums and singles all did so well. And What Is Life was actually the lead single off this album. Very good. Dan, what have you got? So I'm going to go back to Trillennium, the third album, the one that I had on CD. That's an important part of this. And this album track, I think, could have and arguably even should have been a single. So this is Together Again. very clear will actually before we go yes, absolutely further. before the pop police come and arrest me when i say it should have been a single i did mean in the uk this was released as a single in denmark and spain we stand corrected mm. uh, it's nice that that's going to be the last track we featured today because it feels like a goodbye oh yeah it does actually yeah and big announcement this is the end of this episode <laughs> i i have i remember when i first listened to trillennium and i did like that song yeah uh, on vocals there is uh, goodness knows how to pronounce yes it i've been wondering how you were going to pronounce this it's got lots Go of accents i was going to say bla oin who is a danish singer also known as julie rugard which is a bit easy to say for me both a bit of a mouthful either way yes which is uh quite nice um, it's, it's very poppy, it's very accessible, it does feel like it could have been a big summer hit for Sash, and I believe that With My Own Eyes, which was the third single from Trillennium, I don't think that top tenned, and I think this one might have, so we'll never know if I was right or not, but usually I am. We're out of time. Uh, what a fun romp today through uh, talking about Sash. I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it actually. Um, a nice detour after last week, and next week we're going to be going in a different direction again completely as well. But do you have any sash memories uh, of your formative years, or maybe um, have never heard of him or them? Um, do let us know at Track by Track UK on the social media channels. Yes, and if you have been listening to this album on Apple Podcasts, please do give us a rating and a review. Uh, that would mean the world to us. And I think you can probably do that on other podcast servers that we're on as well, including Acast, TuneIn, Spotify, and Stitcher. And Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease as to what's coming up next? Yes, so we're going all the way from 1998 up to, well, a year ago, actually. This singer, this is uh, an American artist's third album. She's a huge personality. She's hilarious, I have to say. She was fantastic at the Brit Awards, where she also performed and... I think we actually jumped her up the list, didn't we? Because we just had to talk about her. Yes, and that's next week. So, uh, intriguing. Yes, it's going to be a fun episode. So, until next time, I've been Tina Cousins. And I've been Dr. Alburn. Goodbye. Goodbye. Something was doing, it's was doing correctly. Mustache.